Well, good morning, church family. Uh, here it is, another week has gone by. We find ourselves on Wednesday, June 24th uh, of 2020, uh, as we uh, take a look at the Word of God today uh, in our study, uh, in our midweek devotional. And so before we do turn our hearts towards uh, Psalm 119, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, day as well. Uh, Lord, as we find ourselves uh, midweek, uh, Lord, we are looking for that extra encouragement uh, that extra um, uh, bonus, uh, the extra blessing of your word being applied to our lives uh, to give us the ability to face the remainder of this week in a way that honors you. Lord, I thank you for each one that is taking time to listen to this devotional. Uh, may you uh, redeem that time. May this be uh, an encouragement to them that it may uh, be uh, exactly what they need uh, to face the remainder of this week. Uh, or to, to take care of them, helping understand what they've already experienced. Uh, and the Lord will give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you know, we began last uh, week with the study of Psalm 119. Uh, and this is part two of uh, the, the very uh, first section, as we made mention, that there are 22 of them, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, each containing eight verses. Uh, and the first one we're taking a look at is Aleph. Uh, and I'd like to go ahead and read um, Psalm 119 verses 1 through 8 again uh, for us to, to again uh, hear uh, what the, uh, the Word of God says. It says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept uh, diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. So last time we took a look at, at the first verse there, uh, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Uh, and we took a look about the importance of what actually makes us happy. And we'll see as we take a look here at verses 2 and 3, uh, which uh, go together, uh, that we have another uh, uh, repetition, uh, but also uh, another way in which we as believers in Jesus Christ can be happy. Uh, verse 1 says that we're happy when our way is blameless, when we walk uh, in the law of the Lord. Verse 2 says, blessed or happy are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. So let's take a look and, and just unpack a little bit more uh, here as we take a look at verses 2 and 3. So ask the question, who are those who are happy? Well, we know from verse 1, those who, uh, whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 2 says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies. So those who not only hear the word of God, you'll notice it says those who keep. Uh, and we can even translate that do. Uh, so not, uh, as we remember back to the book of, of James, not to not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Um, keep means to continually retain possession of. So the thing is, is that there's a possibility of us not continually retaining possession of the Word of God because we're not going to the Word of God. 
We're not making the Word of God part of who we are each and every day. So there's a sense in which we have to guard what has been given to us. We need to keep it, make it part of who we are, to see the importance of it. And you'll notice that uh, it says, you know, to keep his testimonies. Well, remember back to uh, last week that testimonies uh, are the witness of conduct, how we should live in relation to what the Word of God uh, proclaims. Uh, and so we're supposed to, to keep that. So to walk as those who are redeemed, to be not like this world, to be in it, but not of it. Uh, and it says there that uh, who seek him with their whole heart. Okay, seek, again, another action, because we are to keep, uh, we are to seek, uh, we are to walk, uh, according to verse 1. But we're supposed to do it with our whole heart. Now, you'll notice that it doesn't just say mind. It doesn't say just make the Word of God something up here. It says that we're supposed to seek it with our whole heart down here. So it's not just intellectual assent. It's not just an exercise in rote uh, memory. Uh, it is something that we do memorize. We do make part of our, our cognitive uh, mind, but we take it and we apply it in such a way that it affects who we are at the core uh, in our hearts so that it affects how we live. And you'll notice that it doesn't just say 10% um, of your heart. It doesn't say 50%. It doesn't say 75%. It says with your whole heart. So everything that Bill Diggins is should be in, in the, the idea and, and the, the living of seeking the Lord and, and keeping his testimonies as part of, of my life, as part of my entire being each and every day. Listen to what Spurgeon said in relation to this section. He said, Blessedness is ascribed to those who treasure up the testimonies of the Lord, in which is implied that they search the scriptures, that they come to an understanding of them, that they love them, and then that they continue in the practice of them. We must first get a thing before we can keep it. In order to keep it well, we must get a firm grip of it. We cannot keep in the heart that which we have not heartily embraced by the affections. Did you see the progression as uh, Spurgeon was speaking to this? You know, that uh, it's implied here that we search the scriptures, that we come to an understanding of them, that we love them, that, and not only all of that, but we practice them, making them part of who we are. Uh, and, and he says you have to first get it before you can keep it. So uh, we, we have to make this Bible part of, of who we are each and every day, to heartily embrace it with everything that we are, to realize not only up here the importance of it, but for it to transform who we are at our core. Verse 3 goes on, who also do no wrong. So do no wrong. So we're keeping ourselves guarded against those things which are wrong. So it's not just a standalone thing for us to seek with our whole heart and to be happy because we are keeping God's testimonies, to be happy because we are walking in a way that is blameless and we're walking in the law of the Lord. 
but also as that, that word transforms us, we need to guard ourselves against those things which are wrong. So in other words, not putting ourselves into positions where we are going to stumble and fall. It reminds me of what it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, that no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in them, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. See, we are changed individuals, and the Word of God, which changes our, our hearts and our minds, uh, opening up to us spiritual realities, also gives us the ability to, to walk and to engage and to uh, embrace the Christian life. And you'll notice again here another action. We're going to walk in his ways. So we are moving forward, and we are moving in a direction, and we are moving. Um, notice all the action, all the energy, energy that is necessary for happiness. You know, God doesn't just all of a sudden through, you know, uh, his great power uh, make us happy by it coming into our brain and into our heart. Uh, there's a part in which we play. Uh, God is the one who makes us happy. Uh, and we are the ones who, in obedience to him, uh, have a part in uh, uh, working uh, towards that which God wants to willingly give. Uh, and that is happiness. See, God's word does its part. And our action creates the opportunity. And that's something that we need to understand. Well, moving on to verse 4. Verse 4 says, You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Well, remember, precepts are every uh, one of God's particular instructions for us as a believer. So uh, you'll notice that uh, these precepts are, are not Pastor Bill's precepts. These precepts are not the smartest man who's alive. These precepts are not what has been, you know, brought down through human, uh, you know, uh, time to, to be given and say, this is the, the things that you should do. These are good for you. No, these precepts are God's precepts. They're not man's. You know, you have commanded your precepts, God's precepts, to be kept diligently. And notice that they're commanded you know, this is not optional because we need the very commands of God. We need the very particular instructions that he has given us as believers to know how we should live in this world. And so we are commanded. It's not optional. Obedience is expected. See, God knows that there is a benefit that will be accomplished when we are obedient because God knows what is the very best for us as his children, as the one who is the creator, and we are uh, the, the created, as he is the potter and we are the clay. And you'll notice that it says your precepts to be kept. Okay, so again, we are to continually retain possession of the precepts of God. So how do we do that? Well, we have to open up the word of God. We have to see his precepts as life-changing, life-altering, life-guiding uh, things that will change who we are and give us exactly what we need to bear up under anything that we may come in contact with. And you'll notice, what is the manner in which they are kept? Diligently. So not only can we to continually retain possession of, but we're to diligently, carefully, persistently work at implementing God's instruction in our lives. Notice all the action. Notice all that is on 
as it were, our shoulders to, to tap into the very power of God and into the power of his word to carefully and persistently uh, uh, continually retain and possession of that which will continue its good work until the day that he brings us home. Well, moving on to verse 5, it says, Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your, uh, your statutes. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Do you hear the personal uh, call out uh, there in that verse? My, oh, that my ways. You know, this, this is an invitation of the psalmist, an invitation uh, uh, asking God to give him the, the capacity to obey. You know, you know, listen to it. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. You know, there, there's a personal plea here. There's a personal invitation to God say, to have God come in and do his good work, to allow his word to transform not only our mind, but our actions. Listen to what James Montgomery Boyce said. He said, We do not get very far into the psalm before we discover that he is very much like ourselves, at least in respect that he has not yet gotten to be like the happy, blessed ones he is describing. He wants to be, but he is not yet. So even as we, uh, in 2020, as those believers uh, living in the world, we should have a constant desire to be those who are seeking happiness, not just for happiness sake, but to be seeking this happiness because we know that this happiness comes from being obedient to the very word of God, that which transforms us. And we, we desire this because we know that God is not going to mislead us and he is not to get, going to give us something that is not good. Well, moving on to verse 6, it says, Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. See, when God gives the capacity and then uh, he responds in, uh, the psalmist responds in obedience, there's a positive outcome. So God is working out through us uh, when he gives us the channel through which his word can transform. You know, and when that happens, then... I shall not be put to shame. So when we are where we're supposed to be, then we are not going to be ashamed because uh, shame comes from disobedience and the resulting sin that happens as a result of that disobedience. So when we are where we're supposed to be, then we will find uh, that we will not be put to shame. Instead, we'll be glorifying God through what we do and what we say. He says, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Well, having your eyes fixed always takes me back to Hebrews chapter 12. Having your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. But it also brings me back to Matthew chapter 6, as we just got done studying the Sermon on the Mount. That the eye is the lamp of the body. And if the eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. See, we need to remember that our eyes are the portals of our whole body. You know, what comes into the body through the eyes is going to shape and affect our hearts. Our eyes inspire, they impact, and they even initiate the attitudes of our hearts. 
So we need to be like the psalmist in Psalm 101, 3, where he says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. Well, if I have my eyes fixed on all your commandments, we know that God's commandments, that his authoritative command is coming from a pure, sinless source because he is holy, he is just, he is right, he is good. And, and when that is our focus, then we need not worry about the, the, our eyes uh, looking at that which is going to have a negative impact or is going to uh, give us the inspiration to do something contrary to the Word of God. Instead, it is going to uh, give us the ability to do exactly what we were made to do, and that is to glorify God through everything that we say and that we do. And you'll notice that it's fixed. We need to make sure that we're not looking to the left or the right. We're not allowing the things of this world to pull us one way or another, but instead fixing our eyes on God's commandments, on his authoritative commands. Verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. See, praise flows out from a heart that is upright or honest because that heart is happy. It is blessed, and therefore it praises. It says, I, when I learn your righteous rules. You know, learn is, it means to gain or acquire knowledge of, of or skill in something by study, experience, or being taught. Well, that's exactly what the Word of God does. It gives us the ability to experience, uh, as we, we read it, what others have done before us as we think about that great cloud of witnesses in, in Hebrews chapter 11. And he, he's learning, he's gaining, you know, we're gaining knowledge uh, and skill in what? God's righteous rules. So righteous is that which is morally upright and uh, that's what makes God's rules excellent because he is morally upright, he is pure, he is holy and therefore when we learn his righteous rules, not the rules of this world, not man's rules, not what man thinks, but what God proclaims, then we will praise him with an upright heart. And then finally, verse 8, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Okay, there's that word keep again. You know, uh, we are to continually retain possession of God's statutes. When his statutes are those things that are his enacted law, it is the very written word of God as it's applied to our lives. In other words, to be in the very will of God in everything that we think or do. And notice that this is there's a plea here. There's a plea to God. Do not utterly forsake me. Think about that for a moment. Do not utterly forsake me. Don't completely abandon me, God. Well, the psalmist knows and appreciates the friendship and the fellowship that he has with his creator, and he doesn't want that to end. And the more that he exposes himself to the word of God, the more he'll realize that he needs God each and every day.